brilliant. Okay, a few years ago, um, Nicola and I had a day off, and we decided it was a beautiful, hot summer's day, and it was hot, hot. It, you know, well, as hot as it gets in the northeast of England, um, so like 15 degrees. Um, but no, it was, it was warm, and so we thought, we'll go for a walk. And we went for a walk to this pub that we knew that was in the countryside, you know, relatively local, um, but it was actually about three, three and a half, four miles away from our house. So um, we set off, um, got lost, kind of had to go through fields, climb fences, and then finally we got there. We saw in the distance this incredible-looking pub, got to the door, and the door was locked. No, it wasn't, actually. It was open. But um, we went in. We had a lager shandy. We know how to live it up in the Bass household. And a steak sandwich. And the long, hot, sweaty walk was all worth it. And then we realized we got to walk back. That wasn't so much fun. Lots of, um, what do you call that, yellow stuff? in the fields that gives you hay fever. Oilseed rape, lots of oilseed rape. Our dog was yellow. So we've got a kind of a, a blacky kind of browny dog. I think that's what, no, whitey dog. And I can't even remember the color of my own dog. Um, but it was yellow, because it just had to run through these fields. It was fun. But I don't know about you, um, it was easier going the direction towards the pub, because I knew we were going to get some lunch and a nice drink. The way home was just a bit tougher. Do you find that? It's, you can go through some challenging times. If you know at the end of it, it's going to actually be a reward or be something positive, something good. This week I heard the news, and I'm sure you all heard the news as well, of this new variant. And, you know, we pray and we hope that it's just one of those things that pops up and then disappears, um, like it has done over the last few months. But I just got that sinking feeling. You, I don't know about you, you see the news, you just go, oh, no, not something else. You know, we've all had such a difficult journey over the last 20 months. It's been hard. Um, some of us have had a lot of really acute, painful things go on in life. You know, it's not been easy. You know, we felt out of control. I know I have. I'm sure, I'm, again, I'm probably not alone in that. It feels like the storm's been raging all around us. And this last week, that's literally been what's happening. You know, the road life is hard sometimes. It's painful, disappointing, frightening, with unexpected changes and even suffering. So when I stopped this week, because this week was kind of one of those weeks when we have series of talks and we had this kind of gap between this and Christmas. I was like, what should I speak on, Lord? What do you want me to speak on? And he reminded me of the journey of Joseph and Mary, the complex and challenging situation that they found themselves in. They both had to navigate, both emotionally, relationally, physically. You know, how do you explain to your family that your wife is already pregnant? You know, it's awkward, it's difficult, painful, confusing. The wider community would have been gossiping, hard times, disappointing times. You know, we love the Christmas story, and next week and the week after that, we're going to celebrate the joy of Jesus. 
And we see in Mary's song, I, do, I love this, Have you, I don't, hopefully you've read this before, but in Luke 1 it says this, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in the innermost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones. He has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. You know, I love this. What a heart of worship. You know, Mary was in a tricky place, pregnant outside of marriage. In that culture, that was especially challenging. And yet, <laughs> and yet rather than give in to the difficulties she faced, she chose God. She worshipped at the hope of Jesus. That this child that she was carrying would bring hope to the humble and mercy to generations. You see, Mary knew that this season of her life, the challenges of the journey, both physically, emotionally, relationally, would be worth it. Because at the end, the Savior would be born. Jesus would be born. She fixed her eyes on Jesus, the promise of Jesus. And she obeyed God, no matter what the cost to her personally. In fact, she saw the call upon her life as a blessing, not a burden. You know, as we've just said, next Saturday we're meeting in the park at Wall's End, and then on the Sunday at Marley Hill for nativity walkthroughs. And we're going to celebrate the birth of Jesus. It's going to be amazing. And then the following week, we're going to have four Christingle services. And again, we're going to celebrate the birth of Jesus. We're going to celebrate all that Jesus stands for and why Christmas is so, so important. But today, I want to think about the journey and how we can keep going even when life is hard, painful, disappointing, with unexpected changes. You see, the answer to suffering of any kind is to fix our eyes on the hope of Jesus. So let me quickly pray, and then we're going to take a little bit more of a look at Joseph. Father God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much, no matter what situation we find ourselves in, no matter kind of how challenging, how tricky, how confusing, if we go to your word and we look at the stories and the truths that are written in it, we find the answers. We find the answers to the questions that we have. And so, Lord, as we look at the Christmas story, maybe through a lens that we don't normally look at it through, would you give us hope? Would you give us peace? Lord, would you give us a sense of, um, of just what we can do in you, Lord, and how we can be changed and healed? So, Father, bless us as we look at this story. Amen. Nicola and I have been married 23 years. I know, it's true. It's hard to believe. Um, Nick's put up with me for 23 years. It's amazing. Um, we started going out in 1995 in the October. We got engaged in April 1996. We told our parents in the summer of 1996. 
we were engaged for three months and they didn't know, don't tell them, hopefully they won't be watching. Um, and then we got married in 1998 after finishing uni. Nicola studied music in London, for those of you who don't know, and I was, I'm a biologist and studied up here in Newcastle. So for nearly three years, we had this long-distance relationship where we sneaked away, kind of going to see each other on weekends once in a while when we could afford it. So it was tricky, it was hard to be apart. And then we got closer to getting married and, and that sense of we're going to be living in the same place. It was so exciting. The thought that a few weeks before we got married, something would have happened that would have derailed the whole of our future together. It would have been devastating. Thankfully, it mostly went to plan. I've probably told you all this before. Some of you are new, maybe haven't heard a little bit of our story. But in the midst of the joy, there was sadness and grief. My mum had been ill for many years with cancer, and it became clear that she would not be able to attend our wedding. Instead, she deteriorated and went to hospital for end-of-life care. For those of you that, you know, life events, you know, like this, where somebody's tragically ill, or things are really difficult, or we go through a hard time, you know, we have a little phrase, it can either make us bitter or better. So anyway, um, it's not the way we planned our wedding day to look, that after the service we would be in a car going to the hospital to have the last conversation with my mum before she passed away. But that's the way it worked out. And I remember walking through the oncology ward and all of the other patients, Nick was beautiful in her wedding dress, and um, they were just encouraging us, saying, have a great life together. It was just the most humbling thing. And then five days later, she passed away. You know, life can be disappointing. Life can be painful, full of grief, have challenging and unexpected twists and turns. You know, we are so familiar with the Christmas story. We use words like hope. We use words like joy. Um, we use words like light. We have pictures of angels singing glorious songs about Jesus. We have kind of the, the kings kind of overjoyed by the fact they've seen the, the, the Messiah born. You know, we have this really positive, rightly so, because it is the moment in which the Savior was born and our eternal destiny has the potential to be transformed forever. But do we ever stop and reflect on what it cost Mary and Joseph, the journey they had to go through, had to walk through? You know, have you ever stopped to think about the disappointment Joseph must have felt? You know, there he is getting excited, just like I was and Nicola were for our wedding. He would have been just the same. And then he finds out his wife-to-be is pregnant with somebody else's baby. That must have been devastating. Can you imagine what he must have felt like? It was just awful. And then, she, you know, you can imagine the conversation. What's gone on? Mary, what's happened? It's God's baby. Really? Really? It's God's baby? Yeah, I've heard that one before. You know, it would have been hard, painful, the sense of betrayal. 
You can't imagine what Joseph must have felt. And we read in Matthew 1, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. You talk about disappointment, pain, grief, unexpected change. You know, all Joseph's plans, his hopes and dreams for his marriage, the family of his own, I'm sure he was thinking about, all just went up in smoke in a moment. I'm sure he did feel betrayed. This lady he loved was pregnant with somebody else's baby. Not only that, he would be a divorcee. In that culture, that would have come with shame. It would have come with shame. His whole life was turned upside down. You know, just pop your hand up if in the last two years you've had to journey through a level of difficulty, pain, grief, difficulty. You know, so many of us have had to deal with stuff that's hard. Of course, there are levels of suffering. Mike was disappointed, I think he used the word reeling, about the fact that England beat South Africa at rugby by one point. Um, I'm an England cricket fan. I'm going to be absolutely devastated by January, February time, because Australia are going to hammer us at cricket. You know, we all have these, we use the word disappointment. But then there are those moments, aren't they, that are life-changing, have the potential to redefine our life. You know, over the years, I've journeyed with people from in a pastoral setting um, who are living with perpetual disappointment and pain. Something really difficult had taken place in their past, something that had derailed a dream or an ambition or had caused them deep pain and grief in their life. And it had tainted, even defined, the narrative of the rest of their life. You often see two responses. A fight response, let's, sorry, a flight response, let's not try again. You know, let's kind of hide away. Let's let's put barriers up around our emotions. Let's inoculate ourselves against risk, against future suffering. You numb our emotions. You You see that response. Or fight. Let's do everything we can to make up for the pain. You know, let's get busy. Let's try everything. Let's try and do whatever we can to, to pretend those emotions aren't really there. You know, the shadow in their life is left unresolved and it defines their life, limits their life, all too often continues to derail their life over and over again. You know, I'm sure we can all think of painful, difficult events in our life. Disappointments, grief. Where we felt robbed of something. Proverbs 13.12 says this, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Joseph would have been disappointed, hurt, probably lonely. You know, where do you go? with that sort of disappointment and pain. 
But Joseph was also a man who was faithful to God. We read the next couple of verses. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. This is the angel speaking to him. Take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. You know, the antidote for pain, for grief, for disappointment, for suffering, is not inoculating yourself from the risk of further pain. That's just impossible. Or burying the pain with zealous life and busy life, you know. You just pretend it's not there. Neither of those are the antidote. No, the antidote to pain, disappointment, grief, unexpected change is Jesus. It is the hope of Jesus. You know, Joseph was confronted by the angel and was given a better story. God's plan for his life and the hope, God's plan for his life was the hope of Jesus. This baby that his wife would give birth to may not be his, but it would save the world. You know, it's so hard in the thick of emotions. And Joseph would have been full of emotion to turn and fix our gaze on Jesus. To trust that he is the hope of the world, the hope of our life. You know, as I was reflecting this week on the life of Joseph, I imagined his life without Jesus. You know, imagine if he hadn't listened to the angel. If he had quietly divorced Mary like he planned to. He would have lived with the grief, the pain, the disappointment, this unexpected life change for the rest of his life. It would have been a shadow over everything. You know, in the midst of the difficulty, even suffering, he chose to trust God, to believe God and put his hope in Jesus. The Apostle Paul had had his fair share of disappointment, pain, grief, and unexpected life change. Um, and in Romans 8, he wrote one of the most helpful insights into how we should respond to these situations. You know, how do we become better and not bitter? So I'm going to read a good chunk, but here we go. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who are the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. This is the bit that really spoke to me. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things, God, all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be firstborn among many brothers and sisters. 
And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. See, the Apostle Paul knew the hope of Jesus. He knew that at the end of sometimes a hard, difficult, painful life, no matter what he'd had to face, what he'd had to go through, torture, imprisonment, shipwrecks, all of these things, he knew that the promise of eternity, he knew the hope of the resurrection life because of Jesus. He knew the journey would be worth it. He also knew he was never alone. Do you know, this has to be one of the most encouraging verses. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groan. I'm sure we've all been there. I know I have. Life has got tough, overwhelming, and we just don't know what to pray. Maybe we can't pray, but rather than leave us in our weakness, the Spirit prays and intercedes for us in line with the will of God. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that just so comforting? Okay, here's a little freebie that I've just thrown into my talk just because I popped into my head as I was writing it. You know, the enemy would whisper in your ear in the midst of your pain, grief, and disappointment. He would say this, call yourself a Christian. You can't even pray. When the truth is that God sees our life, our pain, our weakness, our difficulty, and instead of judging us, the Holy Spirit quietly and unswervingly intercedes for us. How encouraging is that? How loving a God do we have? You see, the Christmas story is so much more than this joyous celebration of the birth of Jesus. Of course it is. And that's the main point that we will celebrate over the next two weeks. But it's also a story of suffering, a story of confusion, and of obedience even in the difficulties. It's a story where we see that even in Mary and Joseph's weakness, they chose to trust in the promise and hope of Jesus. Alongside the normal life events that we all have to face, pain and the grief that just comes with being human. We have lived in a nation, in a world, through a global pandemic. We're still living through it. You know, I was reading that 75% or thereabouts of people in the UK at some point over the last two years have lived with COVID anxiety. We all know someone who has been deeply impacted significantly by COVID. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe it's just me. It might just be me. But it feels like there's a weariness across society. That actually a, a lot of people have run out of margins in their life. Are, are kind of struggling with... You know, the pain, the confusion, the change, the disappointment that maybe they were before. 
I'm always wary to speak on something that is personal, but I know for me, that's how it feels at the end of another manic year. You're kind of at the end of yourself. But I don't think it is just me having spoken to people. It's been tough, tough two years. You know, I'm sure we all have emotions and feelings, grief and pains and disappointments that are just in the background of our life. As I say, it's part of being human. Maybe some of them are even beginning to define our life, define our future. You know, in the new year, we will be taking stock. We will be taking some time to look at vital signs of our emotional and spiritual life. You know, just like a doctor would take the physical vital signs, we're going to be thinking around our emotional and spiritual vital signs to, and put things in place that help us to become stronger, to become better, to become more whole. There's an amazing book. If you haven't read it, can I really encourage you, over Christmas, why not just make some time to read it? It's called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Um, we're launching a small group, or a life group, I will get it right, I've only changed the name about five years ago, a life group um, in January that Caroline and others are leading around that, that follow this book. But I really encourage you to have a read of it anyway. It's by a guy called Pete Scazzaro, and this is what he said. Emotionally health and spiritual maturity are inseparable. It's not possible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. I love this quote. Ignoring our emotions is turning our back on reality. Listening to our emotions ushers us into reality. And reality is where we meet God. Emotions are the language of the soul. Just think about that. Emotions are the language of the soul. They are the cry that gives the heart a voice. Amazing. So insightful. You know, as we come to the end of 2021, another challenging year, for some an exceptionally difficult year, let's determine in our hearts to become better. The Christmas story is a story for today. It's a story we can relate to, a story of two ordinary people in Mary and Joseph that were asked to do something astronomically difficult. Two people with weakness, with pain, probably with disappointment, life change. You know, I can't imagine it was Mary's dream that she would give birth to her first child in a stable. But it is a story of hope. And in Jesus we find hope. Even in the darkness, even in the difficulty, even in the pain, the hurt, the grief, the disappointment. Jesus wants us to thrive. He wants us to be free. He wants us to be healed, to be made whole, to be fulfilled. So I believe this Christmas, Jesus is reminding us of his promise. It is the hope of wholeness, a hope of healing, a hope of peace in an anxious world. Actually, the hope of friendship, of never being on our own in a world that feels lonely and separated. We find all these hopes in the life, death, and resurrection of a baby born that very first Christmas to a very ordinary mom and stepdad. But to find wholeness, we need to take our pain, grief, disappointment, life circumstances to Jesus. We cannot bury them. We cannot avoid them. We cannot hide away from them. 
We have to face them. And we have to take them to Jesus. So easy to put stuff in our life, to stay busy, to find ways of feeling emotions of excitement and fun and joy. But you know, when everything stops and we're on our own, that's when we feel the real emotions that are going on under the surface. And that's when we need to start taking them to Jesus. We cannot ignore them. The doorway to peace and wholeness is Jesus. It really, really can't be found anywhere else. It just can't. Whatever the world tells us, it cannot be found anywhere other than Jesus. You know, the church may be flawed. We are human beings that try and mix together and do life together. But it is the body of Christ. And it is the people with which you will encounter Jesus and his love and healing. Let's not, let's choose not to ignore or try and cover over our negative and difficult emotions. It won't end well. Let's decide today to bring them to Jesus, to allow them to reveal our heart's cry, our soul's cry. Jesus is big enough for our pain. He is gentle enough not to crush us in the midst of our pain. He is faithful enough to stay with us, to heal us in our mess and our grief. The Spirit is strong enough to cry out on our behalf when we have no words to say. See, hope is not a word. It is a person. And that person is Jesus who came to give us life and life to the full. So in a minute, we're going to make some space for some ministry. We're going to give space to pray for each other, if that's what you would like. But I'm just aware, you may be watching at home, you may be here today, that you may have never invited Jesus into your life. Well, at Christmas, we are shown that Jesus is the hope of our life. He is the one that can bring healing and peace to our difficulties and our sufferings. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to have a time of ministry, and then we'll finish with communion and go into worship, so that's how things are going to work. So if you've never given your life to Jesus, then can I encourage you just to echo this in your heart? Or maybe you've drifted a long way from Jesus and this is a way of just reconnecting your life to him again. Let's just pray. Father God, I thank you so much that you have not left us in our mess and our difficulties. You've not left us to cope with the pain and the, dif- and the challenges of life, the grief and the sadness, Lord. You've not left us to deal with it on our own. Instead, you sent your son Jesus to be born of a virgin, a baby in a manger, a baby that would bring hope and salvation to the world. And so in this moment, 
as we stop and just fix our eyes on you, Lord Jesus, we invite you to come into our life. Maybe for the first time, maybe for the first time in a long time. Come and be Lord. Come and bring your healing, your peace, your salvation. Come and dwell in our hearts. We say sorry for all those times we've tried to do stuff on our own, what, we, what the Bible calls sin, when we've rebelled against you and hurt others. Come and bring forgiveness and freedom from that. And we choose to follow you every day of our lives. To try and put you first. To try and live the way you would have us live. Because we know that in you, in you and you alone, we will find life in all of its fullness. So come and meet with us now. Amen. So if you've prayed that for the first time or the first time in a while, we'd love to chat with you. But I just would also love to flag up our Alpha course that's starting in January. You know, it might be that you have just prayed that prayer or you're still exploring faith and you would want a place to be able to discuss and learn more about Jesus. Or maybe you've kind of drifted. Your faith has become kind of in the background of your life. And you just think this will be a great place to be able to reignite your relationship with Jesus. All of those are valid reasons to sign up to the Alpha course that starts on January the 10th. It really is an amazing opportunity to kind of take steps forward in exploring faith or growing in your faith. So I'll just leave that for you to sign up to. Shall we stand? And then we're going to pray. Bam, do you want to come? I'm really aware that in talking about this subject today, it's probably not one you expected as we're entering this Christmas season. But it's one I felt the Lord put on my heart to share. And I don't know whether that's really kind of tapped into something that's going on in your life. Maybe it's, um, it, it's forced you to remember some of the, the stuff that you're trying not to remember. Well, let's take this opportunity to bring it to the Lord. So Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come. We thank you so much that in the midst of our difficulties, you are interceding for us and you never stop. You never stop praying on our behalf. That just is mesmerizing. It is such a so wonderful but we want 